Welcome to the SCNN. This is a very special episode as we have a Tradante Hill interview, 28 minutes clocking in, talking about a lot of important things like the FCAF, the IFL experience that he had, the power-ups, the referees, him himself, the man-up, all of that stuff. It's a great interview. Um, as a warning, this is my first interview I've ever done with someone like Tredonte Hill, a professional football player. So I was obviously a little nervous, and it'll get better over time, but expect a little awkwardness in the beginning. It picks up. It gets better. It really is. The, it's a great interview. It's it's good to, to listen to. I've listened to it a few times. His answers are really great. Go check out Tredonte Hill on his social medias and go obviously support him in the FCF itself. Aside from that, I'd like to thank the people who are currently helping me open up the entire of the FCNN. Kyle, especially, he helps us with the website, helps us make it. He does all the stats. He makes the graphics for it. And we all have slowly come together and also started to make the website. You can check out the website at fcnn.live. It's up, kind of. It's getting there. We're slowly making it as it goes on. It'll be updated before... The week four matchups, I believe, for everything up until then, stats have been released, so we will get on that. Other than that, though, here's the interview. It's great. Thank you for listening. And other than that, I'll see you guys most likely tomorrow for a episode of the upcoming week recap. Not recap, preview, obviously. For the week four matchups, we have Wild Aces versus Glacier Boys and Zappers versus the Beasts. Other than that, though, I think that's all I have. Hopefully, I'll see you tomorrow. Sorry for getting this out a little late, actually. This was supposed to be out earlier. I got a little busy. So when Trinante says that he is in the man-up, he did the man-up yesterday, did quite well, moved on from the first round, I believe, and the second round, I think. Had some great catches. Other than that, it's up to date. So thank you. Enjoy the interview. There we go. I bet. All right. What's up? This is FCNN. I'm here with a very special guest. This is Tredante Hill. What's up, Tredante? What's going on? How you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Can't complain. Pretty good. That's pretty good. So I got a few questions to ask you about the general experience, you know, of the whole FCF. Um, number one, what's life like inside the bubble, you know, with all the coronavirus stuff going on? Like, what's day to day? How's it go? Uh, day to day, uh, every day is kind of different since the season has started. So, uh, I would say we, we start with breakfast around eight o'clock in the morning, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And if we have COVID tests, we get up at six o'clock in the morning. And, uh, All right. often you do you guys do those? Uh, we do two COVID tests a week. All right. All right. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Then we might, uh, have film study after breakfast or something like that. Like right yeah. before practice. And then after practice, I mean, uh, right before practice, we'll, uh, like I said, have film study. Then we'll go to practice, have practice for about two hours, come back, eat lunch. Um, after that, pretty much a free day, unless uh, your coaches call you down for film and you watch film for the rest of the day or whatever. All right. It seems pretty good. So once you're done for the day, are there any like restrictions on like things you can do or can you just like roam the hotel and stuff and like go into rooms with other people or do you guys have to like follow some rules on that? Um, you, I think you're supposed to be like with a super pod or something like that, but yeah, you can roam the uh, hotel and go to all other right, rooms. Nice. All right. Um, 
So for practice, I'm interested to know, do you guys practice with the teams that you're drafted with after the draft or does everyone practice together throughout the entire week? Because I've seen clips where it's like during the week, it's you guys like all practicing together, it looks like. And then I, I haven't seen any practice after it. So do you guys like practice with the teams you're drafted to or how does that work? Um, yeah, we'll go to practice and then we'll practice with the teams we're drafted with. And then uh, we might do a group where we do one-on-one sessions and then you just go one-on-ones with whatever quarterback you kind of go up with. Yeah. Or whatever. But uh, you do have practice with your teams and run plays with your teams too throughout the week. So that's the thing too. Pretty good. What's your favorite quarterback, I guess, to throw passes from in practice or in games, whatever you prefer? Um, I just I say Jerdy's good. Uh, Logan's probably my favorite right now. He's he's one of my good friends, and uh, uh huh. Hughes throwing me a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, yeah. Uh, David Pendell, me and him have a pretty good connection. He throws me a couple of touchdown passes. So, yeah. yeah those- probably the top on my list that's pretty cool in the games um from the player perspective a lot of people have asked and this was a question that i had a lot of people want me to ask what are the thoughts on like power-ups like when they're thrown like how do they mess with the game because i know from like watching it it's kind of weird when like all of a sudden like the game just shifts around like one flag being thrown and it like just changes everything i don't know if i like it but i don't know how you guys feel about it uh, I would say they kind of prepared us for that throughout practice, uh, throughout mm. camp. In camp, we kind of – we did two-a-days in camp. So sometimes we would start from the far end and do one-on-ones, or in the mornings we would start at uh, red zone sometimes. Sometimes in the yeah. evenings we do red zones, and then in the, uh, in the mornings we would do, like, uh, open field. So, like, we were kind of prepared for that. They kind of prepared us well for the game that we have going ahead. And I know a bunch yeah. of people think it's a gimmicks, like gimmicks or whatever, because yeah. the games are coming down to the wire, but it's actually real football. Like, we're really actually out there. It's no gimmicks. We we don't know who's going to win week to week. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. Like, I don't think it's gimmicky. I think, like, some of the power-ups, like uh, the man-down defense, that's a little – because in seven-on-seven football, defense is already at a disadvantage, but I digress. Um, yeah. Is – like, as a player, like, what's something that, like, you, like, really like or something that maybe you, like, don't really like? Like, something in, like, the way it all functions. Maybe, like, I don't know, thoughts on, like, the draft. Do you guys like the draft, how it goes week to week, or would you rather have, like, static uh, rosters? So I'll answer all four of those questions. Uh, something that I do like is the ability, uh, the coaching staff they got here, the ability to learn from veteran coaches. Uh it's a lot of old school coaching, but it's a lot of coaching that you wouldn't necessarily get outside of the league, I would say, because of it's such old school coaching. Like uh, my personal favorite is Robert Ford, uh, three Super Bowl championships with the Cowboys and just a long stint with the Cowboys. Uh, he's taught me yeah. so much since I've been here, especially with catching the ball to pretend to catching the ball. Like he says, master the one inch, you know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things I like the most about this league is just being able to connect. And then, of course, Coach John Jenkins, he got me into this league. And then yeah. for your next question, one of the things that I, I probably don't like as much is uh, the the weight between each plays. The weight between each plays uh, yeah. the play call, it kind of uh, shortens the game for the players. Uh, there's multiple players on the field that, don't really get an opportunity, um, including myself. In the first two games, uh, combined, I only played 10 plays. In the second game, I only played three uh, three plays. 
So, like, yeah. we don't get a lot of rest because of the timing of the game. So that's one of the uh, things they're actually working on to fix. And I think in week three, they fixed a lot. They got a lot of reps and a lot of a lot of plays for a lot of different players. Um, <laughs> as far as the draft goes week to week, um, I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting because you take a crop of, uh, for one, college athletes. There's a lot of college athletes in here. Uh, yeah. And also people who've had the chance to even go further and go pro. And I went through the XFL draft and the NFL draft. I didn't get picked up in either draft. So, like, it's an excited thing just to be picked up and known that you're wanted by a team, you know, yeah. especially week to week. Because some people would go to undrafted. There are people here that still haven't went undrafted, uh, that's went undrafted and still haven't been drafted here. And yeah. it, it doesn't speak on the athletic ability or anything like that. But it it also gives them a chance to get drafted even further throughout the season. So I kind of mm. I kind of agree with the system of the draft. Um, everybody periodically, uh, as a whole, I would say that uh, not everybody agrees with the draft. They'd rather be drafted to one te- team and get uh, timing with the quarterback and yeah. get everything with the team. So like I would agree on that sense too. But I just uh, for the first year and the excitement, maybe even second, third, fourth, the uh, the everything that they've put together here, Ray Austin and all the founders, uh, I'm I'm enjoying it for a first year thing that was put together like this, especially through COVID. They're giving us yeah. an opportunity to thrive through COVID, and uh, a lot of leagues aren't giving opportunities to people like us until after this. You know, you'll see a lot of people yeah. get opportunities. So, including hopefully myself. So, yeah, let's hope because I know that um in the Glacier Boys chat, because I support the Glacier Boys, you were, like, the fan favorite because it's just, like, your energy that you brought. And I think that's, like, good because, like, a lot of people do root for you, like, week for week to week. Like, you're one of those people that has, like, a great personality and, like, people, like, like you. And I think that's what's good about the league where it's, like, you know, people – it's not all about like, – people who don't get as many reps have an equal opportunity to put, like, a likable personality out on the field. Like you didn't get as many reps as you would like in week in one, one and two, but we still like adored you. So I think I like yeah. the setup. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then uh, this week, you guys to tune in. I'll be in the one-on-one challenge on Wednesday. So for real, hopefully I can come in and show show my athletic ability and win a yeah. prize. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, we're all rooting for you. We 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 really do love you a lot. Like I don't know, it was something about week one. You were just you were just a really nice guy. Like. And we're really communicative, so everyone really did yeah. want you. I love, I love, I love how they give us a chance to uh, initiate and conversate with the fans. I feel like just even watching the NFL, like the fans carry the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If the fans don't watch, if uh, the fans don't buy merch, if the fans, if the fans don't participate, there is no sport. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. So, very good idea to give power to the fans. Yeah, I, I like the whole thing. And before this, so obviously with the COVID bubble, um, you had to like drop like, like what, like two months of your life just to come out. Like, what were you doing before this? If like were you pursuing football or were you uh, going on like a more like, I don't know, I'm the more like normal road of life, I guess, outside of sports? Uh, I, um, before this, I was I was a professional athlete, just like I am now. Before this, I yeah. was uh, every day. I had a chance to uh, make a little money and make a little name for myself. And uh, I took the money and initiated and started businesses. And like I said, yeah. uh, the flash camp, uh, as people know about and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like, 
I live I live a professional athlete's life really. I really get up and every day is training. Uh before I got mm-hmm. into this bubble, I was waking up. I was probably hitting the weight room. I was driving probably an hour away from where I live to go work out in a weight room with a uh, athletic trainer. Then I was coming back, if not the same day, the next day, going with a physical therapist. And then every day in between that, uh, even when I do go work out uh, in the weight room or go to a physical therapist, I'm catching and running routes with different quarterbacks and footwork drills with different coaches. Uh, Drew is one of my uh, best personal fitness uh, guys. He, he, He works me out in the weight room. Uh, yeah. Coach V uh, out on the field, V Boys Athletic, uh, uh, just a bunch of different footwork uh, people that just teach different technicians for route running and stuff like that. So mm. I get coached up pretty good in the off season. Pretty good. If given the opportunity uh, for a second season, would you want to come back to the FCF, or would you pursue something else? Or given the opportunity, like what's the what's the toss up there? Uh, okay, so um, as far as pursuing another opportunity, uh, if they do come back for season two, um, like I said, I plan to this week to be a big week for me. So, uh, yeah, I plan to I plan to make my name here and uh, initiate something that hopefully they could carry on to the next level. Um, yeah, I wouldn't doubt if I got an XFL opportunity out of this. Uh, hopefully an NFL opportunity with the way the coaches are talking and the way everything's going and the way the league's gathering hype. Uh, Josh Gordon, uh, Johnny Manziel coming in to represent the NFL. So uh, hopefully something bigger. But if I have to come back for a season two to continue on doing what I'm doing and put more behind my name, then I will. But if not, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the opportunity that's presented to me. Absolutely. And is that like the general consensus between the others or is there anyone who's like really like locked into staying with the FCF? Cause I assume that basically season two will be a completely set of new, like a new set of guys. Cause there's a lot of people here who like, I do think have like XFL talent or like NFL practice squad talent, NFL starting squad talent, all that stuff. Is there anyone like, is that like everyone's mentality? Like we want to go to the next thing or is anyone in for the long run, I guess. Uh. I'm not exactly sure what everyone's ideal is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, uh, the XFL won't start till December. And then, you know, NFL training camps won't start till, like, July, August. So, like, uh, we whenever whenever they decide that uh, the FCF is going to come back, then, then we'll probably know. I would hmm. venture to say that you will see some new faces, but not just a, 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 a whole new load of just – different faces i don't think that would uh take yeah this is a league trying to establish itself so i'm sure they'll keep some of the faces that were uh dealing with the inaugural opening of this league so um i think i think like i said i think we'll see a good amount of people move on to the next level again but uh you might see some faces back here you might see some faces blow up at the next level but i think this this the talent pool here what i can say about the talent pool here is it's a great talent pool and great competition and still growing uh, amongst mm-hmm. the people that's in here. Like, I could say that I don't think anyone in here has reached their full potential. Like, we all have things that we have to grow on, grow on every day. And our coaches tell us all the time, this is a developmental league. This is a developmental league. Like, it's for you to develop your skills. As much as it is professional, you want to develop your skills so you can be able to do the things on the next level that you're not yeah. good at. And I think that's something that we really take hold to here. 
That's, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good sentiment. Like, it, it is a developmental league. Like, like you're right. They want to establish themselves. But at the same time, you guys are trying to move up to the next thing. How does, um, interested to know, how does, like, arena football translate to, like, 100-yard football? Because, obviously, the field is short and it's only 50 yards. It's not as wide. There's no kicking. There's no punting. So there's no special teams. Do you think that's yeah. going to hinder the way, like, NFL scouts look at you? Because you are missing a third of the game. There's no special teams. And there's also, like I said, there's there's half the field, right? So like quarterbacks aren't aren't extending on full passes that they would in the NFL, I guess. And there isn't as much room to maneuver as a wide receiver. So maybe you guys benefit off of that because if you're making it work on the small field, imagine what you can do on a big field, I guess. Mm-hmm. I uh, haven't really got to answer that question before, and that's an interesting question. My uh, biggest theory about that because I had played in the IFL before, then I I made it to the XFL. And then I'm here, and it's kind of – this league is kind of a tweener between inside indoor football, arena football, and outdoor football because, yeah, we have a wall, but we have a sideline too. So, like, you have to yeah. make sideline catches and those acrobatic catches, whereas to you have a wall to get, make those catches and run into a wall, which I'm not going to say yeah. run into a wall is easier, but it, it's, it's a wall there nonetheless. Uh, just yeah. like the outside isn't a wall. And so, like, it, it can make you accustomed to the game and, and being able to make those acrobatic catches that you see made in outdoor football and the XFL and the NFL and uh, one foot and two foot rules. So, like, I think that's going to translate a lot. And then, as you said before, being able to get open on the smaller field and read zones quicker uh, is definitely uh, – I'm not going to say it's affecting the quarterbacks, but it's, it's heightening the quarterback's game and senses a, a lot. You can see – quarterbacks throwing back across their body and, and fitting it into windows like you never thought a quarterback is supposed to throw in this type of window but in this game it forces the quarterbacks to throw in that type of window and that's where you see like quarterbacks like Quentin Flowers uh Jerdy uh Braden Smith with a big touchdown pass this past week uh just mm. not necessarily just throwing it up there for big guys to go get it but actually throwing it up and over defensive backs and into receivers hands like yeah. that's real quarterback mechanics and maneuvering and I think coach John Jenkins just has just coached uh, like coached them up to a whole different level of playing ability and as far as as receivers go I like I tell you like I keep saying I think we're going to see a lot of people go really far at the next level because it's one of my things that is also uh, associated with my Instagram not even in the phone booth it's easy for me to get open in open space this game really is teaching me how to really be able to stop, move, transition my speed. And one of the biggest things they had a problem with me at the beginning was sticking in my routes, always sticking in my routes. You can't use your speed to just separate. Definitively yeah. stick and show the quarterback where you're going. So, like, I've, I've picked up and learned on something like that. And uh, it's, changed, it's changed my game to a whole different level as well, just being able to stick and know confidently, like, I won't get covered just if I do, just do this simple thing. So, like, the uh, this this game is going to translate very well for all of us here to the next level from lineman to quarterback to hell defensive ends. We might see defensive yeah. ends now now playing stand up end that was uh uh, uh three st- three stands uh college uh, lineman. You know what I'm saying? You might start seeing yeah. outside linebacker. So this game is is greatly improving everybody here in the uh, sense of football. Yeah, I like that. That that's a good sentiment. Like how. Like I said, I didn't really know how it affected it because it, it is a different game. Like you play, so you said you played in the IFL, right? Yeah, I played with the Tucson Sugar Skulls for about two or three games. 
But seriously, yeah, I live in Arizona, so that's pretty cool. I wanted to see a Shooter Schools game, but obviously COVID happened, so I wasn't able to. How was the IFL experience in comparison to FCF? Because that really, that's like a traveling league. Like you go around with them. As far as the league goes, the league was was so so official. <laughs> uh, they had yeah. apartments. Uh, the only thing that it was, we had to find our way back and forth to the uh, arena because we were so far from the arena. We were like 20, 30 minutes from arena, but we flew on a private jet to and from games. Like, uh, I mean, our uniforms was nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they got us team shoes. Like, they treated us good. We had a big, a big locker room with like good, good stuff. They in the IFL, they really treated us good. I really can't complain about the yeah. IFL. So. Having a jail with the players, people thinking they're bigger than what they are, you know, uh, <laughs> people having ego issues. So, like, that was the biggest thing with the IFL, with the Tucson Sugar Skulls when I was there. But the the league itself and the team itself, it was ran pretty pretty airtight. Yeah, I assume. So that's a way different experience from the FCF. That's you're not traveling. You're at one stadium. It's like like some people wear two jerseys a night. You know, like it's it. You know, it's a completely different experience. A, a family here. Even though you see people compete and hit the crap out of each other and this, that, 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 you, you really, we really became a family in this bubble, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You guys seem all tight. Like, you know, when, um, it, I realized it in week one, actually, where it was the pass where Logan Marchie almost completed, uh, down the sideline for the game winner, but he dove and he got stuck up at like the two yard line. And after that, the beast also rushed the field and congratulated the zappers player. And that's when you really knew it was like, everyone like really like did like each other. And it's different from being like on separate teams the whole time. You guys are like on each other's teams all the time, practicing together. And it's like a different environment. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely practice with people all week and you want to see the person that you practice with do good, but you definitely realize the, the, the general rule of I'm on another team and I don't want to see this person win. So you kind of hone into both of them, you know, you kind of hone into both of them. Yeah. How does that work? Like, cause it's, it's a little weird, right? Where you're not on a team, you're not on the same team the next week, unless you're a franchise tag. And so as someone who's in the draft, does, how does it feel to win? And do like, do you carry your wins with pride? Because at the end of the day, there's a chance that the next week you're not with the same team. So did you really win? I don't know. That's that's one of the things I had about the draft where it's like, are the players really winning if they aren't staying with the teams that they won with? Like, does it feel like an accomplishment well, like, still? You can look at it in different ways. You can look at it in different ways. So, like, I mean, if you're a player that's been on the team that's won every week and you a player that's won every week, then you can, you can boast, yeah, I won every week. I did my job every week. And the team yeah. that I was on won every week because I did my job. Uh, uh, but I mean, as far as being on one team, like, again, I mentioned him a lot, Quentin Flowers, like he's been on one team. He wasn't franchise tagged in the beginning. He got franchise tagged later on. And, you know, he, he continues to spearhead his team to scoring drives and, uh, he does it week in and week out. And then TJ Edwards, again, another quarterback, he comes in late from camp, uh, to camp. He has to, uh, he comes back behind the behind the uh behind the line because you know what I'm saying he he didn't get to go through yeah. training camp with us and everything that we we did then he comes in he plays how he plays he gets franchise tag and then he shows up and now you have two quarterbacks on one team that can really boast like they're playing great and they're oh, yeah. making dominant 
performances. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you you can. It goes both ways. You can look at it both ways. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, I I can't really like comment on because you know I'm not playing every day, but you are. So that's interesting to hear that you know if you play you you can talk your talk, but if you're not playing, then don't boast about wins you didn't contribute to. I guess. For hold on, Google Doc just crashed. I had a bunch of questions ran up. I got about two more. So the one notable moment that I think a lot of people remember from you was in week one, the last what like minute of the game, Fisher boys are driving down the field. There's a pass to you. You come down with it. It's called incomplete. Do you think that was a completion with the fumble out of bounds? Do you agree with the call? What are your thoughts on that? Oh uh, yeah. I, I don't agree with the call because I go back and watch the play and uh, I catch the ball. I take two steps. I fall to my butt first, then my back, and I slide and hit my head. And then the ball yeah. comes out. And if we were doing instant replays, really, if we were doing instant replays in the NFL, I slid in the end zone. It's a touchdown. But in this game, it would probably be down at the one because that's where I fell at. So, like, uh, I think it was a catch. I don't think it was reviewed properly. And I think it was part of the things that needed to be fixed with the league in the beginning, and I think they got pretty much together. And uh, I think it was a catch, man. I think it was a catch. But, you know, that's how the game happens. But before the play, I was telling uh, Pendell, like, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm gonna go get open real quick. Like, just, just be yeah. looking for me. And, and he did. We, we pretty much planned it out, and everything worked out how we planned, except the ref calling it not a catch. We didn't plan on that. <laughs> I I mean I thought it was a catch. I, I think that's one of the only problems with the SCF is um some of the inconsistencies with rules on whether it's throwing flags or it's just like general calls like that that was probably a catch. And even if they thought it was a fumble, it fumbled out of bounds, so it's still in possession. So yeah, I don't know. It's some of those little things, I guess. As a player, is that like a t- is that like talked about? Because from a fan perspective, obviously there is like a lot of talk about like what should we do with the refs because there have been some calls that are like questionable, whether it was the wild aces getting the um, interception taken off the board when the hands were obviously under. And even in week three, they introduced the uh, fan voted replays, but they only used it one time all week on one of the games. Do you guys like, is that like talked about or is it just like, a, it is what it is, you know, it will live. It's, it is talked about and it is what it is at the same time. Uh, I think we talk about it as a team, as coaches, but we don't we don't necessarily hang our heads on it. Uh, as a coach, as a players and coaches, as far as my catch go, talking it over with my coach, it was it really wasn't a long conversation. It's uh, we practice in the net drills. Uh, we practice catching the ball, pulling it into our body and holding on to it. Uh, it's not a catch to coaches and players. You know, uh, that's just yeah. how we look at it. And then it, it's a race off the board, and we go back and we work on where we're weak. Like I said, we're we're a bunch of competitors here. Even if it was a pick, we're going to give the – like uh, Curtis Collins' pick was a pick. We give credit yeah. to where credit is. We know it was a pick. And uh, I think Curtis Collins did a very good job this week. I was uh, – took over the Glacier Boy Snapch- uh, Instagram, I mean. And uh, yeah. I had recorded him when I was on live screen. And he said he was going to make a pick before the play. And this week he made the pick right before he called it. So huh. – uh, it was it was pretty interesting. So like that just show you the competitive spirit that we got here and how much we yeah. really don't really let the we let the play calling effect be affected by the fans and we just play football. Yeah, I mean, missed calls are missed calls, but at the end of the day, you got to play after them. 
was my second to last question. My last question for you is um, if there was one thing you wanted to let people know before the draft this week, if there's, why should people know your name? Why should people put you on their draft boards? Like what makes you like, why is Stradante Hill on my fan control football team this week for the man up stuff, um, all that it doesn't exist. Why should you be on? Why are you here? I mean, if you just go back and look at the stats and look at the things that I've did, uh, it speaks for itself. Um, what I if if there was a, a camera at practice week in and week out before the games, uh, people would know to pick me by my performance and what I do. Uh, I think what I can say and what people should look at is. Uh, in the past two games, I've had 10 plays. Uh, I was targeted twice. Um, every other play, I was open. <laughs> and yeah. I don't mean just any, just any regular open. I mean, throw ones in the air at the strip club. I'm open. I'm naked. <laughs> so, like, I believe I'm I, – I don't like to say I'm better than anyone. I just know I'm different, but I believe I'm the best receiver here. And I believe uh, – from the coaching staff to the players, uh, they know that too. From the training staff, I think they know that too. I think this week, uh, I know you said despite what's going on this week, I think this week is going to be a, a big week for me to necessarily prove that and show that. And I think everybody at this organization has really been waiting on me to uh, show what I've been doing in training camp and in practice out on the field. So I think it's all going to be put together and I'm going to show everybody I am the best receiver here and the fastest thing they know. So that's what I'm prepared to do. Oh, there you have it. Tredonte Hill. After him this week, fast as hell. Strip club open, naked open. Put the ball up, he's going to catch it. See him in the man up on Wednesday before the draft. Cheer for him. Hope he gets a power up. Tredonte, thank you for coming out. Thank you for talking to me. It means a lot. And I hope to see you get your number called at the draft this Wednesday. Flash that, man. I hope everybody keeps tapping in under the mask and it's uh, power to the fans. Power to the fans. See you later, Tadante. See you later. To get past-